When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Boom, we're on. And we've got UFC star today, Paul Craig. Just want to say thanks for coming on, mate. No, the pleasure's mine, man. It's a, it's a sweet ass setup you've got in here. Thank you, mate. And Just the podcast sponsored by Highland Springs, I Yes. Think. Not Highland yet, Springs. but if you're, you're wanting, then hey. we're in. First of all, congratulations on winning your last fight. Cheers, man. It was a, it was a tough fight. 15 yeah. minutes. Well, it wasn't 15 minutes. It was uh, 14 minutes and 50 seconds to get my boys kicked. Uh-huh. All you need is 10 seconds to win a fight. I heard that chat. And I knew it was like it was go or it was the end of my UFC career. But after that, the UFC actually did emails and said, "Listen, after that performance, you were going to get a contract. So it was nothing to worry about. But even prior to that contract, you were going to get a contract. Uh-huh. So they were giving me the contract no matter what. I don't know why, but they were they were going to give me the contract even if I, the worst case, I had lost that fight. Were you nervous about it? Not getting the contract renewed. Um, it's, it's always going to be a worry because you know when you're living this dream, this is a dream I'm living. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. Like uh, the way I the way I describe this is, for a long time you suck in the man's dick. You know you mm. go to work, you wake up at nine, you come home at five, and you do everything that society tells you to mm. do. See the day I stopped sucking in that dick, mm-hmm. it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful, and I got to go into the real world. I, I got to go into my own world, and I don't mm-hmm. have to wake up at a normal time. I don't have to when I. I'm, I'm getting at the beginning saying, I do my own thing. See if Brian phones me, my coach, and says, Paul, move your ass and get to the gym. All right, I'm coming. <laughs> but, it, but it's like, I want to con- continue living that dream. Uh-huh. And I'm only going to put my, my body and my mind in jeopardy if I'm doing it at the top level. I see guys and they're out there and they're doing it and they're in their 30s, or their late 30s, and they're getting punched in the face, their body's taking a pounding, you know, dietary-wise, um, water loading, weight cut, all this kind of stuff. It's no great for the long term. So I'm only wanting to do it at the top level. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll take second best and I'll, I'm, I'm going to take some damage. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in my legacy and what I can do for the rest of my life. And you're on the right path for it. So is that a rolling contract? Is it a yearly contract? How do the UFC work? So the UFC work is they offer you a full fight contract, but they can terminate that at any point. Like I've, I've, I've said this all the time. Like UFC is like the way, best way to describe it for anyone that doesn't know. UFC is like the, the pinnacle of all MMA dreams. It's like playing in the Champions League if you're a football player, playing in the Seven Nations, playing in all these like top, top uh, organisations for any other sport. And 
for for one of me, there's another ten guys trying to do the exact same what I'm trying to do, trying to get into the UFC and trying to make a career of this. So the UFC don't need to hold them day other than the top guys that they want. Unless you're bringing the ability to fight, the ability to entertain and the ability to and have people like you or love you, because it's both, even if people hate you, they're still, they still want you there. Mm -hmm. So um, the UFC could co terminate that contract at any time, but four fights, what I'm looking to do with these next four fights is make a legitimate crack at the top five. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I was in, I was like 15 or 16 uh, after my first fight. Uh, I lost my second fight in the UFC. First time I'd ever lost, taking it, took it really, really bad. Um, <clears throat> it's hard when you've never lost uh -huh. and all people want to do is talk to you about that loss. Uh -huh. how, 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 what happened? What happened? Tell me, tell me. And they're always asking you more and more information about this loss. Now, I lived that loss every night, man. I was lying in bed, you know, after I came back from Vegas, just lying. And this thing would just keep replaying. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this? Because it wasn't like I didn't have the skills to beat this guy. I had the skills. I just didn't utilise them on that day. And um, the best way I describe it is I put too much into my, my recipe. Like, chefs can make the same chicken soup. There's, like, loads of different chicken soups, and they all taste different. But what it is, is people put in a wee bit of this, a wee bit of that, make it their own. Uh -huh. And we tried to do that with myself, and we added too much of one and not enough of the other. And when it came to the fight, my arm just went, nah, we've had none of this shit, man. Uh -huh. you're, you're the one talking shit, man. Your arms, my arms are like this. Come on. My head's telling my arms to punch, and my arms are saying, fuck off, man. We're full of lactic acid. We're out of here. But did you think it made you stronger for your next fight? Um, the, next one, the next one was a loss again. Is um, it Hydro, was it? The Scottish Hydro, I know, and uh, it made it even worse the fact that it was in my hometown. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the first time people had came and seen me. Because everywhere else, I, it was England, uh, Ireland, these are where I was mm -hmm. fighting as an early day amateur and early day pro. And this was the first chance, you know, to come home. And I, I felt amazing. I was like, oh, this feels great. But there needs to be this separation between family and MMA. There needs to be like this big divide for me. So I was like doing all the family stuff, you know, like putting the kids into bed, you know, reading them stories, having dinner with them, this leading up to the fight. That's not great for the head. What you're needing is you need to take yourself right out of that and put yourself with like-minded guys to get into fight zone. And uh, the night before, obviously was there with my family, wasn't in the right mindset, came to fight night and I just was apprehensive. There's nothing other than that. Then you face your second loss. And um, the last thing I remember about that fight was taking a high kick. Uh -huh. Took this high kick, boom, and just blackness. And that was me. Um, I remember walking to the ambulance and I look at my coach and I said, Brian, where are we going? And he says, ambulance, mate. And then the next question I asked him was, did we win? And he says, I'll tell you in the ambulance. <laughs> but my brain just wasn't taking in uh -huh. short-term memory. It wasn't storing anything. Uh -huh. So he was telling me I was... I was able to reply back and forward, but then it was just boom, disappearing, and I asked him again, Brian, where are we going? He's like, hospital. Did I win? And he's like, no. We walked down a wee bit further, and I said, Brian, and he's like, listen, mate, we're going to the hospital, and you didn't win. Because he was obviously getting a bit annoyed. He's like, just, this, this is what happened. And I'm sitting in an ambulance, and I'm like, kind of looking about, and he can see, like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on here. And he goes, um, you all right, mate? And I says, aye, where are we going? And he was like, hospital and you didn't win mate so we just, I, just, I, I just kept repeating this same thing over and over again went in, got all the scans, obviously the UFC look after you, make sure you're 100% the last thing they want to do is put MD and his life at risk so they looked after me, brain check nothing up with it at all, all good apart from this twitch I keep getting <laughs> <laughs> everything's good, everything's good so um, 
How does that affect your family? Because I know you've got two girls, two daughters. You know, it affects them because they miss out on dad time. I'm um, not like the guy that goes to, uh, like, right now what's happening is, mm-hmm. uh, what you call that, sports day. Mm-hmm. I'm not the type of guy that can go and race other dads, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who are get their beer bellies and their... <laughs> 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 it's, it's, like, it's just... It, it, it's like the poor guys are up against, like, they're looking down and thinking, I'm going to win this. And they ask all up. And so you couldn't do that to the poor dads. No so, top on, pair of tight aye. shorts. We doing this, dads, aye, right? Let's go. And there's me beating all the poor dads. So um, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Very, very hard to get to, like, during the day kind of stuff because I'm in the gym. And then even at night, like, parents' night, I missed my daughter's primary seven parents' night. She goes to high school. Never, ever missed any other but duty training. Mm-hmm. Had to miss it. And it's it's, it's a horrible feeling Aye. to let your kids down. But what I do is when I make my win or when I get paid for the UFC, <clears throat> I make sure I treat them. Mm-hmm. And any chance I get, I'll, I'll spoil them. That's the only thing I can really do as a... As a but it's your life, it's your dedication. You're, you're only going to get one crack at it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Do what I live, what if, what if, what if. Because then you're full of regret and then you end up blaming your wins. Or you blame the people around about you. It was your fault I had to sacrifice. Aye. You make the sacrifice because I know after your last one in March, you, did you go to Disneyland with the kids? No, no, this, this is... So we're organising Disneyland right. for next year. Like um, my, daughter, my daughter's 11 and she's obviously mm-hmm. knew I'd said this. And she's like, um, Dad, are we going anywhere on holiday? And I'm mm-hmm. So I, I, she obviously knows, right? My youngest isn't interested. She doesn't know anywhere we're going. She just wants to go on holiday. But the reason I want to do that is it's something that I can give them. And if it wasn't for the UFC, I wouldn't be able to do it. Normal Joe 95 doesn't go to Disneyland and spend eight, ten grand on a holiday. That's that's not what we do. The fact that I've got the UFC paying me a good wage, now I can do that and can treat my kids. And that's like me saying, listen guys, I know I'm not there all the time. When I'm there, I'll make sure I'm, I'll make it up to you and this is what is. But that's the rewards for putting in the graph because it's no easy, man. It's life or death getting in that cage. You don't know if you're coming back out. When did it all start for you? When did the... So I had, um, grown up, we'll start way back then. Right. Like I used to watch these Kung Fu movies, guys like Bruce Lee, Jean-Claude Van Damme, all Big these boxer. guys. I used to love all these films uh, and I was like, oh, I could do that. And I had a big brother, his name's Barry, and uh, we used to battle each other. He's like four years older than me and he'd just absolutely wail on me, right? But he was still being like, you know that way, like a brother would hit you, but he wouldn't do it too hard, but it was still sore to you. And me and him just battled and I honestly believe that's why I'm so good at jiu-jitsu because I was, I was defending his shots and that's just what like, jiu-jitsu is for me. So that was like me growing up, you know, getting all these 80 films, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, watching the Rockies, and I'd always this interest to do something, but it was never ever an option uh, growing up in Airdrie, you know, it was like you play football and you play football and you play football, you play rugby and you play rugby. So I had lifted weights where I'd coached football, played football, had then went and started lifting weights, and there's something satisfying about lifting weights, it's like, You've got 100 kilograms, you either lift it or you don't lift it. There's no in between. We're like, oh, I nearly had that. Like, yeah. I nearly beat you. No, no, you either lift it or you don't lift it. And there was some satisfying about that. It just made you feel good. And even when you get that pump, you know, and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, uh-huh. I feel good. I got to a point where I was like, um, I didn't know what I was doing because I was a young guy. I'd never ever done any uh, research into lifting weights. And it was just basically what, I'd, what guys in the gym had told me. Oh, you want to do this? You want to do this exercise? You're walking your chest, this is what you want to do. So I ended up with like really, really big chest muscles and my back was nothing and my legs were nothing. Like, you, you know the type of guy. Um, it was just because the internet wasn't a thing where you could go in and say, right, I'm looking for this kind of workout, who can I sort this? Um, 
And I used to have this look round in the back, man. I look like Quasimodo, honestly. <laughs> and um, I was about 123, 20, 123 or 25 kilograms, somewhere in that sort of bracket my average weight was. And uh, my friend invites me, he says, why don't you come down? And he, he referred to it as the UFC chokes. We'll do the UFC chokes. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I go into this gym, and honestly, there's, it's not much. It's not much to look at. It's like they coloured jigsaw mats. And uh, there's all these guys just rolling about the floor of each other, and I just think that's fucking weird. Like, <laughs> we grew up, we grew up in a society where like human contacts, like, no, no, really, uh, it's not a thing. Where you're like being that close to somebody, we don't do it, uh, and it was a bit strange for me, mm -hmm. a bit alien. But once I can overcame that, once once a guy's nutsack's been lying <laughs> in your face, kind of enjoy it after a while. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, this isn't that bad, a guy's not sacking your face. I'll never forget it. My coach, Marcus Nardini, my uh, jiu-jitsu coach, he was like drilling on me and he was showing this move, but he, he obviously was sitting in this position. It was a Kimura. And he's like, and you want to do this, man? And his nutsack was just in my face. And I could feel the heat phase balls, man. And I was like, I can't look up, man. So it made me even awkward because I didn't want these sitting in my cheek. And uh, I, so that was like my first sort of experience in jiu-jitsu. I then just started like, competing in it and just going to different places a lot of uh, events down England um, just going to them and racking up as many wins as I could and it was um, it was fun it was something exciting it was something new weightlifting doesn't have that where you're like competing against somebody else where it's like the mistakes I make here have a massive impact because even if you don't lose the match make them down to points and I, I loved this and I was always going in to learn how to do a new move because I thought if I didn't if I missed out on this move if I missed out how to do an armbar then I've missed it and that'll never be added into my arsenal again. Now I've just learned all the moves and progressing through being blue belt to purple belt, through purple belt to brown belt. It's about knowing how to control people, knowing how to use your weight, knowing how to, um, like people say it's like a game of chess, learn people, putting people into a position so that you can sub them and make them make a mistake. So that's what I'm doing now with jiu-jitsu and I, I still love it to this day. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm never ever going to master jiu-jitsu, whereas lifting weights, you can master it, you mm -hmm. know, I can lift a weight. Um, so jiu-jitsu always had this like learning thing for me. And even after the day, come the time when MMA is done and I'm not doing it anymore, I need to go back to the martial art. The martial art what I learned mm -hmm. is BJJ. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's rewarding, very rewarding. If nobody's ever done it, I advise them to mm -hmm. go, don't go to any martial arts gym. Find a good reptile martial arts, even if it's no jiu-jitsu, if it's oh. kung fu, whatever it is you want to do. Go for it, get a blast. And um, from that, my coach said, you fancy doing some kickboxing? And we only had like one boxing class a week, and we had a kickboxing class, and that's all we did. It was predominantly jiu-jitsu and a couple of MMA classes in between. We got an opportunity six months, seven months into me doing this. We go down south, and we're fighting against this guy called... Um, uh, Gary, Gary Savillis. Cool name. As I like cool name, and that sounds like and a hitman. I remember, I remember like seeing him, and uh, he had this like he had like a shaved head, but he had like shaved like a spider web in it. And at that time, he probably thought he looked cool as hell. He looked like a fucking gem. Right? And he was obviously a bit older than me. And I'm only about, I'm in my early twenties at this point, and I, I'd no, I, there was no apprehension. There was not like I had. I'd never done this before, so there wasn't any pressure on me. I was just going to go in, do my thing, and, and get out. And um, I remember my friend from high school, uh, he's, he's been pals for years, and I remember walking up the stairs, and he kind of went into this tunnel vision mode where you can't see anything. And the only person I could see was him, and he was crying. I'm like, 
the fuck you crying? You're not going to fight, Am. And um, after he said, I was just so emotional, I was just so emotional. Um, so I go in, uh, literally a minute and 35 seconds, hit the guy with a uh, Uchi Mata, he lands inside control and I pop his shoulder on his elbow out of the joint. And for there, I was like, this is easy, man, this is, this is, this is easy. And then I just kept fighting all these guys and there was never ever any apprehension because I was still working as a teacher at this point. So it wasn't like this was going to be my career. It wasn't like, oh, I need this to work. You found your path. Aye, I was just like, this is a bit of passion. Let's let's just pursue this and see what it is. And people always mentioned to me, oh, you could go pretty far on this. There was also people saying, you're pish. <laughs> and the only, thing you're, the only thing is, aye, the only thing is you're a jiu-jitsu fighter, you're going to get found out soon enough, blah, 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 all this negative shit. I still get it to this day. Racked up a few wins as an amateur, decided to go pro, done the same and just was hosing everybody. Fights were, were going to fights and people were pulling out on the day. Um, I remember, I remember Scared. I went to the show. You know, some people build this up to be something that it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we speak about nerves and nerves and excitement are both the same thing. We, your, your body reacts the exact right, same way to both of It's how you, you use it. Mm -hmm. And I think nerves are a good thing because if you're nervous, it means you've got something riding on it. And I didn't have that at the start of my career. I didn't have any nerves because I had nothing riding on it. It was like, nah, this is a bit of fun. If I lose, I'll lose. I'm still going to go in here and do this again. But it just happened to be no losses as an amateur, no losses as a pro. And uh, I, this, there was a, a last-minute replacement. And um, some guy pulled out and another guy, and I was fighting for it. And I said, I'll take that fight. So I'd taken this fight. It was on on top. It was the only time I was ever going to fight on on top. And uh, I go up. I wait in, do all my medicals, and the guy says to me, says, um, that guy's in there, he says, I have to keep the ambulance ready, because he's going to put you to sleep. <laughs> Literally, an hour before the fight, the guy passes out and rattles his head after You're the joking. <laughs> like, honestly, his, his heart rate and his blood pressure went through the roof. I said, you obviously hang up, and I said, I'm going to fucking <laughs> Rattled his head, and he got carried home in the ambulance, and I'm, st I'm like... I was like a Comey event. Hanged yourself up. I just, like people, because obviously this is this is a big thing to people. Mm -hmm. And especially, like, see if you're like this sort of big fish in your world, like mm -hmm. you're the guy, you're the alpha male in that world uh, that you live in, then you don't really look like a pussy, mm -hmm. ultimately. And uh, the guy just put too much pressure on himself, That's passed it. it, rattled his head off and spent the night in the hospital. Hilarious. When did you get the night? When did you get the call? Who was it? Is it? Have you spoke to Dana before, Dana White? I've only spoke to him once. He sent me an email, um... It was, you get to a point where you, you work for something and then you realise, like, I'm not going to get it this year. And that's the way I was, like, sort of leading this. Huh. It, yearly, 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 what can I do in a year? I was rattling out, like, four or five fights in a year. Like, I remember there was about four months and I rattled a, a fight every single month just because I was like, the more wins I get, the more chance I've got to live in this dream. And it's not only me who's got this dream. This is, like, my coach, my teammates, all the guys around about me want the best for me. So it was like, um, we're working our asses off this year and it got to the point, it was round about October, November and I had a shitty few months and I was like, we're not going to get the UFC again. Another year we don't get it. And that's the way I was looking at it. It was negative like that. Another year I'm not in the UFC. And I was annoyed at myself. <clears throat> and it was like November time. It was before my birthday. It was November the 20th, before November the 27th anyway. Um, and I'm in the house shutting up shop for the night and it's about maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night and uh, I got a phone call from my coach Brian and I'm like, something's happened, there's something, there's something no right. Are you alright mate? Aye, 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 what are you up to? And I was like, no, I'm just shutting up shop, what's happened? And he's like, um, 
what are you doing? I think it was like the 17th of December. He's like, what are you doing 17th of December? And I was like, and I just felt this massive surgery. Like, oh. And I was like, did we get it? And he was like, aye. Uh-huh. And he was like, you're fine, a guy called in the Ricky de Silva. And I just, this massive, just this massive bursty uh-huh. love, just, it was a weird feeling. I just felt like, oh. was a good fighter, by the way. I know he was unbeaten at the point. Aye. He was unbeaten at the point, and uh, he'd been on about a tear up in the UFC. And it was a tough first fight, but I'd, same again. My dream was to get to the UFC and win, uh-huh. and there was nobody going to stop me. Whoever they put in front of me was was getting it because I'd set myself this target. And um, but I was still working at the point, uh, working for Skillforce and Educational Charity. So I was still busting mass at that and busting mass in training. There was like I was using the the gym and the schools to help me get ready for this fight, which was was crazy. Like I'm going in here to like run four miles at lunchtime, um, missing out on lunch, finishing doing my last two classes, heading straight to the gym, and I just I went I went into this world of nothing's going to stop me, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to go to Sacramento, and I uh, I'll never forget this. Like I'm thinking California. Just before Christmas, yeah, fucking dancer, it's going to be roasting. Pack all my shorts, <laughs> getting ready. Turns out Sacramento's in the fucking North America, like right Cold up the top. It's freezing. It was wet. It was miserable. Not unlike Scotland during the, the winter. And um, no shorts for me. I had to go out and buy some clothes. So what an experience, you know. I got to meet people like Bruce Buffer. People in America know what the UFC is more. Like, it's obviously a huge sport in America. Uh-huh. Like, these guys are paying for pay-per-views rather than, we're very, very lucky in the UK that we don't pay for that. It's all on BT Sports or you can get it on Fight Pass. It doesn't matter. Guys in the US are paying for this and paying a lot of money to watch this. So I didn't realise how big this was until I'm walking outside and people are asking me, oh, can I get a picture, man? Yeah. And I'm I'm just a normal guy fairly. Weirdly, man, I was like, so people are getting <laughs> pictures with me. And it always felt weird that people would ask for pictures uh-huh. with me. Uh, it's only recently that I've sort of, like this, people, people, people like this. People like MMA, and I never ever realised that. So after fighting that, I just did this massive like my sail was up and it was full of wind, man. We were just hammering forward. But ultimately, I didn't actually re- reassess my goals. I just said, "Oh, I want to get to the UFC. And I want to win." Uh, and I done recently. it. And I done it in two rounds. And I was like, "Is this it?" Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't think you get a wee bit down for that, but you do. Mm-hmm. Like even. Achieving your dream, like there's what else is for you? Because uh-huh. once you achieve your dream, what happens as you go? Is this it? Is this and it? you don't really feel mm-hmm. fuck all because you you built yourself up, worked to the goals so long, and once you achieve it, you go, is that it? Right. But for anybody watching, man, that's your prime example that you can achieve it. And you never gave up with no. your job, even though you worked with uh, school kids and done charity works. I know you've been to Africa. You were out running at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. You still believed in yourself. Right. You still went for it. Even that story yourselves, like a Rocky film, right. working in classes, working late at night, and then getting the phone call and having to jog at lunchtime, which is amazing. I know it was just it was it all just happened so quick. Uh-huh. It was it was it was it was like living a dream. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can say my life at the moment is like it's like a dream. I've just only woken up. Probably what's happened is I've actually lying in the middle of the gym. Somebody's knocked me out, and I've not even made it to the UFC. This is like my uh-huh. first my first ever fight, and I'm just lying there, but it's. Like, I know it sounds cheesy and cliched, but you can achieve anything. Doesn't matter what you want to be. Like, 
if you put enough hours in to what it is you want to do, then you can do anything you want. Even if you're working, even if it's two hours before you go to sleep or two hours right. after you sleep, you can keep working on your dreams. And like you say, you've got your new contract, things are looking good and you're going for, you want to go top five world title yeah. even. Drummond, who says you can't? I know. Who says you can't? Your record speaks for itself, Terran, too. It's some, it's some achievement. Right. Even though the, I know the two losses will probably fucking break your heart. They, they do. And you know, the thing that breaks my heart about them is, I believe, even now, that I could beat these guys. Yeah different mindsets leading into these fights and that last fight I thought was just this mindset of like fuck it what's the worst going to happen mm -hmm. that sort of Scottish mindset where you're like fuck it who? Fuck like it, let's yeah. just fucking go for it let's just do it and that's exactly what it was and I just put everything into that fight camp we we reversed everything back so everything we'd done for the last the two fights I lost we said that didn't work why the fuck did we do that mm -hmm. why did we change up our strength program our conditioning program I don't like running so why the fuck was I out running I hate it. There's no reason. If you don't like running and you're in any sort of sport, then mm. don't do it. What do you do for cardio? Uh, pads are enough. Pads. I do sprints. I do loads of kettlebells. I do loads of. I do loads of cardio, but it's not running. I don't need running. Who do you want to fight next? Um, I've asked for a few set, few fights, but the UFC are like they're they're not hard. What the UFC don't want to do is they don't want to give you the fight you want because if you want that fight, then it's not going to be a great fight for people to watch. What they want to do is they want to go. This guy's good and this guy's good. Let's fire the two of them together mm -hmm. and let's see what we get. Mm -hmm. They've got their guys they want to promote and get to the top. But I'm not one of the guys. And I, and the reason I know that is because the last guy I fought was an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted him to beat me. That's mm -hmm. The truth was they wanted that guy to beat me. And they wanted him then to be a stud in the UFC. And I'm under no illusions that uh, Magic Megov and Kaliev will be a stud in the mm -hmm. UFC. But the loss in his record is for me. But that just shows you how good you are. Do you know what I mean? And you won in the last 10 seconds. Aye. The last 10 seconds of the fight, 15 minutes. Like, it's, one of these, it's, it's one of these great stories, you know, like you're lying there and you've got time moves and a different speed in there and the octagon. It's like slow motion and time isn't irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I've never ever noticed the clock anywhere. It's not like I'm looking up and like, fuck, there's a clock. It's three minutes left, I better work. I'm just like, I can tell you if a minute's passed or if 10 minutes has passed. And I remember just lying there, like, and he was trying to land these shots and he bust inside of my nose and the blood was just trickling down the back and filling up my mouth and I was like swallowing it and, because there's nowhere else this blood can go and the blood's just everywhere, the hole in my chin as well. And, Fuck's sake. But it's exciting. It's like, I wouldn't change it for the world. That. And he's just landing these punches and I remember just thinking, you're an absolute pussy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking day something and he overcommitted with this punch arm and that was it I fired it in and I knew I heard the chopper and just as I'd put the submission in and I just said I need to give everything to my legs here and just willed every bit of energy I ever had in that body just to go to my legs and just squeezed and he tapped and I remember Mark Goddard slapped me in the forehead the referee if you watch the, 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 the video back he slaps me in the forehead and I stand up and just emotion again, just kicking in, and I'm walking, and I just feel somebody attacking me for the back. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I thought it was wee Russian cornerman who jumped the fence. He's like fucking pride of Russia, get this motherfucker, and he was on my back. It turns out it was my teammate Chris Bunker, and he's swinging for me. But I had no energy in my legs. I had enough energy to get up and walk away. As of carrying another man's weight, I was like buckled. Is that your hardest fight? Um, no. My hardest fight was fighting headhunters in Portobello Town Hall mm -hmm. as an amateur. Uh, it was a guy called Enrique De Silva. Uh, it wasn't Enrique De Silva. His name was Andy Ablett. Mm -hmm. He was a striker. 
and everybody at this point had been saying, ah, Paul's just a jiu-jitsu guy, he's got no striking. And I hadn't, I hadn't said to MD, I was going to stand and strike with this guy for the full fight. And I did. I never took him down once because that's my easy get out. If I take you to the ground, there's a very, very high chance I'm going to sub you or I'm going to get in a really good position to drop shots. And I never took him down. I had the urge so many times to take him down and he just kept the first round, never forget it. I remember doing this wee shoulder roll, jabbed, hit me in the face with my shoulder. So it's... His chin moves into my lane and my punch, and I come over the top and sopped him and bust his face open. I was like, Oh, this is good. I'm winning this fight. I'm winning this fight. But he had a good corner and he had a great heart. And um, it went back and forward. And I won that first round. And I came in in the corner, and my the, my corner team had forgot the stool. I was fucked at this point because I'd never been mm -hmm. any sort of time. And um, they then wiped me. I was like, Is that my blood? Is that my blood? And he's like, No, it's his. It's fine. Clean me all up. Come out for the second round. And I'm confident. I'm, he switches southpaw and just keeps blasting my left leg and I couldn't catch him. I could not catch him. I was marching him down like a T-1000 in Terminator. Just, <laughs> I'm like, man, see if I can punch you, I'm putting you out. I'm putting you out. And he just kept bunk, 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 kicking, moving, kicking, moving, kicking, moving. Comes into the third round and Brian says, listen, you lost that round. you never done anything. I'm like, I know, I know. And he's like, Paul, switch to southpaw because he said, take him down. And I said, I can't. I can't put any pressure on this leg because my leg was killing me. You could see it was all welted up with bruises and blood rushing to the surface of the skin. And he's like, switch into Southpaw and take him down. You need to take him down. You're going to lose this fight. We come back in and then I can't catch him. The same thing. His corner just tell him, just kick and run, kick and run. And I could hear him. And I remember his cornerman shouting, he doesn't like the kicks. And I was like, I did. <laughs> and I'm just marking down. I'm like, man, see if I can just land on you. And every time I got close to land a punch, bump, and away we'd go. And um, it was like seconds left in the clock. And I heard the corner saying, you've got a minute left. And I just started ranting him and stood in like this distance for punching and just threw these punches. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember hitting him in his face was like just... It was turning into like one of these movies where his face was just distorting. <laughs> and it was looking like the elephant man. And I remember just thinking... Why the fuck's the referee no stopping this? And I was, he was sliding along the cage like this. Fuck's The blood was pissing everywhere. And I, I, the, the referee was there. And I'd spent all my energy and I had like nothing left. And as he run round this side and the referee stopped it. He slides down the cage and I fall next to him and I'm like, ah. and Brian comes running and he's like, get up, stand up, stand up. You just won the fight. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. So him in the corner and picked me up and the, the two of them uh, like sort of uh, raised my hand. But that was like the hardest fight I've ever been in. Like, and that wasn't UFC. That was just me being Local stubborn. Fight. That was just me trying to be the man. Like, as we spoke about this. So you must meal. love hurting people. Does that, does that like, turn you on? To obviously, it must fucking get you wet, man. It there must. Is, <laughs> there is. There is. There is, there is, there is a point. <laughs> that, like, like CTB, uh -huh. the man. Like, uh -huh. growing up as a young guy, like uh -huh. when you were in high school, primary school, uh -huh. anywhere you want, everybody always wanted to be the man. And I was never the man. I was never the coolest guy in school at all, man. I was never the best at football. I was never the the best at doing anything. But then, see now, I'm in a world where I'm, I'm certainly the best in Scotland. Like without a shadow of a doubt. But with regards to being the best in the world, like I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm in the top. There's only maybe about a hundred fighters, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm doing pretty well with regards to that. Like, Do you think you're too hard on yourself? or not? you fought in Vegas. Um, you fucking sold with the hydro. I know. Do you it's, forget I, that? No, I need to be hard on myself because I think see if you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm the man. Ah, yeah, if you're yeah, the man, yeah, yeah. then mm -hmm. the only thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it in the world, I'm monkeys. Mm -hmm. the top alpha male is always going to get taken off and mm -hmm. he's always going to get taken mm -hmm. off and if I am if I believe I'm that guy then somebody's just going to be like Aye. the young monkey you need progression you don't I hang need, your exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll be there the day what I need mm -hmm. to be the, 
I'll be there that one day, mm. and I'll be the alpha male. Who do you think of the new boy, Dan Till? I think he's brilliant. I've trained, with him. I've trained with him. He is roughly my size, height-wise mm. and build-wise, mm -hmm. and he cuts down two weight classes below me. Well, that would be one of the best British fights in the UFC ever, if you were to fight him, because he's, what's the 16 and 0? He's, he's flying to beat, well, who is it? He just beat the uh, Wonderboy Wonder Thompson. Wonder Boy um, Thompson. Which was a close fight. Well, the only, the, like, so as I say, if he fights at welterweight, so you've got welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, so there's like, there's a few of the weight classes yeah. below me. It's the same as like, um, people say, oh, like these were this used to be, like kids ask me, why don't you fight Conor McGregor? Mm -hmm. Like, because Conor McGregor weighs the, like, nah. weighs like one of my legs. Mm -hmm. He's like 70 kilograms, or what is it, what is he like? Ah, 70, ah, yeah, 70, 70, 70 kilograms, yeah. and I fight at 93. There's a massive weight mm -hmm. class, loads of weight classes in between that. So that's why we don't fight out of weight classes, but Dan Till could easily take three belts in this division. Ah, he is, he is a proper savage. Because his story is, he went to, I think he got sent away to Brazil because mm -hmm. he got stabbed twice, I mm -hmm. think. And the story is, his coach says, cool look, you, ah, you fuck off, man, or else you're finished. And he went away and learned to trade and come it's back. Cool, it, I think that'd be a great fight for you to... Think, think, about, think about that as a movie. Uh-huh, I know. But you, again, your story, the teacher kind of thing. See, I don't that. like... I, I like... I like. See, for you know me, I, mean? I like to hear stories where a guy's struggling and made it... Mm -hmm. my, my story isn't... Like, I didn't really struggle. But running at lunchtime with your fucking work, man, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty deep. I know, but it's no, it's not as cool as like a guy who's down and out and just been stabbed and he's like, he's like, yo, man, I got no money, man. And I just fought 10 guys and he stole my wife and my kids are dead. That's a movie. I'm copywriting that. But with regards to mine, like, I woke up, I went to school, spoke to some kids, went a wee run and then went to the gym. But it's good because you've ever seen The Warrior. It's pretty much like that. Do you know what I mean? The teacher and that. Maybe, maybe, my, maybe my brother will be like mm -hmm. coughing up like saying, yeah, yeah. Time to kick his ass again. You need prick, man. I need to mm -hmm. sort this wee guy out. Come on. What do you think of the Conor McGregor stuff in there? I think it's brilliant. I think it's been a bit, but... You've got to think about this as an, uh, this is entertainment as well as being able to fight in a second. It's like Barbados in here. Uh -huh. So anyway... <laughs> That's fucking roasting up. These lights, man. Jesus. <laughs> so, anyway, that <laughs> so the Conor McGregor factor, like, uh -huh. it's entertainment and he's getting people to talk uh -huh. negatively, positively. People love it. People love any sort of, uh, it's like EastEnders in the real world. Right. Like a guy chucking a fucking pallet truck, mm -hmm. a pallet trolley through a window. It's a bit like wrestling maybe. kind of stuff, it is, it? it's exactly like that. But yeah. that, it shows, like, he's obviously watched that growing up. I love wrestling and I always have as a, I don't watch it anymore, but I like the sort of indie wrestling, ICW mm -hmm. stuff they do in this, uh, the garage and that. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So that to me appeals to me, and it appeals to loads of people because that's why he's the number one. Uh -huh. Everybody wants the money fight with McGregor. Uh -huh. So I think he's in it. But Jink, I, I don't know, man. It's just everything. Just Jink will fight again. I think he will. Khabib. I don't think it'll be. You never know. McGregor's he's the alpha male as uh -huh. we're speaking about. And if somebody challenges alpha male, then he needs to be like, oh, I'm I'm the fucking man. But it kind of takes everything he's. Everything he's worked for and everything he's done, the law of attraction, the grinding, the, the getting to where he's been, he's kind of became unsure. Like you, if you go to the Vegas, you've kind of, shit, I've done it now. Because if you come, if you unsure, the universe becomes unsure, so you kind of mm -hmm. get lost. It's like he's lost his path, but he's made a hundred million in a fight, so he's obviously going to enjoy it. But That path you, becomes easy to walk on, aye, that hundred you know million what I mean? path. Aye. See, when you've got the money. Uh -huh. What if you've got to fight for anywhere? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Do you think he's lost his passion then? I, I don't know, like... <sighs> The only person that can tell you that is him. him. Mm -hmm. And he's never ever going to say, no, I've lost the passion mm -hmm. for fighting. I think he's gained the passion for money and that lifestyle. 
mm-hmm. and I think that has a massive impact in what he wants to do in the sport. Mm-hmm. He wants to become a promoter. There's no way he wants to fight. He's like, I can make more money having people fighting for me than actually fighting myself. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is, he knows how to sell. He knows how to sell fights. How long did you? Do, how long were you in the then the teacher for as well? Um, I had been teaching for seven and a half years. Like I, it was brilliant, honestly. I, it was one of the most rewarding things ever. And same again, oh. sounds cheesy, uh-huh. but you're dealing with young guys, and I didn't know what I wanted to be in high school. I fucking hated high school. Sky high school is a horrible place. Like there's, unless you're. It's like the American movies. Unless you're the man, as we spoke about oh. again, like school's no great for you. School's hard. It's like I was never great at English. I was never oh. great at maths. The thing I enjoyed was sport. I enjoyed PE. Fighting. I enjoyed using my hands. <laughs> like yeah, see, in school, man, I was a I was a number one runner. Like I did not fight because there was no need to fight because I was shit at it. Uh-huh. See, my people are probably watching this saying, "I kicked his fucking ass." I kicked his ass. No enemy. Alright, let's fucking let's meet you at the Catherine Park, you can't. But no, like like it's one of these things, like I remember um walking home one night and something I'd said like three weeks before that had resulted in me going into the fetal position. You yeah, the classic. Cover the head and a, a guy just started wailing on me, there's fuck all I could do. I grew up in an area called Craig Nook and I remember I was walking home from my friends, but one night I had a skateboard in my hand. And a guy came round at the house and just banjoed me for no reason other than the fact that I was a big tall guy. Uh-huh. Because people like to put like see if you're an average sized guy, uh-huh. you want to be the big guy. Everybody wants to like fucking pussy. Wee man syndrome. I so I get my nose broke for absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing, man. And um I'll never forget it. Uh-huh. When the blood was just pissing out my nose. I remember getting into my mum and my dad and my dad went half his nut and he jumped in the car and he said, I'm gonna fucking find this wee fucker. Uh-huh. Couldn't find them, but it, it's, it's what made me me. Like, I was never ever the guy who was. Do you think that changed you into try to learn how to protect yourself? No, I never ever. Or... Like, I never ever wanted the finger punch. Mm-hmm. It was something I never. I wanted to, in my fairy tale world mm-hmm. where I was watching these movies, I wanted to be the. I wanted to be this Malin, uh, main guy. Like you know, when people watch films, like and people are like I'm I'm the main guy. Like mm-hmm. everybody that watches the film and says I'm the main guy in my film are you fuck the main guy in the film mm-hmm. you're the guy that's walking back you're in the background mate you're not doing anything in your film and um, that was in my dream but in reality I was just another guy people only know who I am for high school now is what I've done now mm-hmm. if it was like one of these things where um, I never ever done any MMA I would just be like oh remember that guy? remember that big, big Paul mm-hmm. that was all it would be mm-hmm. do you get a lot of jealousy oh, hatred because UFC, there's only a couple of UFC Scottish people in the UFC. Is, is we Joe Calder would still in the UFC? I think she is, yep. Uh-huh, she's not so there's me, know. Joe, Stevie Ray and Danny Henry. Uh-huh. So it's four people. The grip house with we guy Sean Wright, who's right. an absolute beast. Aye, um, they've, they've got, the grip house have got some absolute savages. He was savages. on the contender. I met Joanne when you, you wouldn't think. So soft spoken. So, exactly. And yeah. she's an absolute And she just turns it on and she's like, he want an elbow to the face. So as everybody... Try to be your pal when there's Big Paul and kid on Aye, the They're all they're always going to get that. Uh-huh. The the, be, the best one is remember we went to school together. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> we did not go to school together. We happened to be in school at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any time where me and you were mm-hmm. standing next to each other in mm-hmm. school. And it's, it's it's always going to be the same. But if you're so, number one in Scotland, you're going to get hatred, you're going to get jealousy. How do you deal with that? Seeing the amount of people, I I, I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like so after my fight, after my fight, or before my fight, we'll go, 
So I'm fighting a Russian, and he's the man in Russia. I didn't realise how much of a man he was. Mm -hmm. I remember standing in the back. It was me and Brian. And I was standing, and they do this sort of VVT thing before they, they announce the fighter. He stands at fucking six feet, four inches tall. He weighs this, and he start rhyming off of this shit. The guy's done, and I'm thinking, and I look at Brian like, the fuck? And he, he knows, because you know when you spend so much time with somebody, and he looks at me and goes, it's fine, just focus. <laughs> and I remember after I said to him, I said, Brian, did you know this shit? And he was like, aye. And I was like, what did you not tell me for? And he was like, you didn't need to know that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of did need to know that shit. But Brian does everything for the right reason. He knew I didn't need for to know that For mental reasons as well mental as physically. Reason. I think, see, if you build something up in your head and you mm -hmm. make it unachievable, like some people do, mm -hmm. then it's it's hard to overcome it. I think that's what the majority of people do. They build mm -hmm. stuff up and they create the fear that they can't do this. And then they can't step that. outside that because mm -hmm. the grass, they believe, isn't always going on the other side. Uh -huh. it's easy for us to sit here and say oh just do this just fucking let your weeds eat beans for the rest of your life and just take the take the mm -hmm. chance and let the woman fuck you out mm -hmm. like us living the dream it, it, it seems easy sitting at this side but for people watching they might think they'll put all these barriers up and make it unachievable just but you can't achieve anything man and that's what so many people go wrong I speak about in this podcast all the time anything is doable anything is achievable Aye. for you being world champion in the next two or three years it's doable mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm listening and your story is class for what you have came for and for fighting at Vegas and, and the Hydro. Sometimes you don't give yourself enough credit but I understand what you're saying to go, fuck it, it's done as well. Aye. What's the next goals? Where do I fight next? Aye. You could fucking sell out Hamden or Murrayfield who says you can't have a, an ultimate fight in Scotland. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to bring like a, a show only for me. Like Dan Till just recently mm -hmm. done it and the place was packed the place was electric. See if you'd have lost, man, there would have been riots in that place. <laughs> just all, <laughs> these crazy, all, these, all these crazy, crazy Liverpool folk just would just oh. burn the place down, honestly. Like they they lost in the Champions League and they're like, we can't take two, let's fucking tear the city down. Oh. But see the amount of Scottish folk that were down at that show, it was incredible. Scottish love the fighting, but I know. they love fighting. And it's in our blood. And there's not really many boxers we've got, and we've not really got many fighters, only you just flying the flag. They're, listen, there's, there's guys, but it's just, it's how they're managed. Uh -huh. People, there's, there's great fighters out there, and it's what opportunities they get. Because opportunities are hard to come by if you're a bit smaller. And I, I don't mean to sound like, oh, because I'm so big, but the heavier, yeah, weight, the heavier, that, yeah. the heavier weight classes find it easier. Uh -huh. It's the same as if you're a heavyweight boxer, you find it easier uh -huh. than the light guys. There's, the light guys, there's fucking millions in them. And it's the same getting into the UFC. If you're heavier, you get more chance of getting in because there's not many heavier weights. And people want to see two big dudes just slogging in each other's faces. What do you think about the, the, the like Dan Talks? He missed weight again. And that's six people who've missed weight in the UFC have won their fights, but they're saying it's a sense of cheating now instead of the steroids. It is. So what they're doing is they've just changed their uh, weigh-ins. So they're now stopped at 8 o'clock, or I think it was before 9 o'clock weigh-ins. And they've now moved them before 4 p.m. what they used to be. What it means is there's going to be people who have got longer to cut weight, so they've got more chances of making it. But what you're going to also have is people doing stupid cuts to try and get to lower weight classes. I've got more time because that's what some people look at that as. They'll, they'll say, Oh, well, that's for like nine o'clock to four o'clock. I can lose even more weight. So I'll move down a weight class. So I'll make a, I'll, I'll do a, a harder cut. What's the, because some people lose like five, six pounds, didn't they, in a day? Why don't they cut a lot two weeks in advance and get to that weight and then they can balance it out? Because I know they drop weight, but you can put on an extra, what's the, half a stone, a stone well, after well, as what well? They, what uh, Wonderboy done was, Wonderboy put a, 
like a limit to what uh -huh. Dan Till could blown up to. Because as I said, Dan Till walks about at my weight. He walks uh -huh. about at the 100 kilograms. I think he struggles to cut, doesn't he? So if he cuts, and he's only there for a few hours, mm -hmm. so he's there for like two hours, bump, nails it, and then shoots all the way back up, you're fighting against another another opponent. You're uh, fighting against a heavier opponent. And in our, in, in our sport, anything, any sort of advantage helps, whether if you're better at jiu-jitsu, if you're taking steroids, if you're uh, a heavier weight class, everybody wants that edge over you, oh. and this is what this comes down to. So they're trying to make these crazier cuts to get to that weight class. How big an edge is three pounds, four pounds on someone? Mentally, massive. Is it? Aye. You think about it, oh, this guy's heavier than me. You think about it for high school. Mm -hmm. Think about it for high school. He's bigger than me. He's bigger than me. I can't do anything. I can't. I, I couldn't do anything. He's bigger than me. Heavier than me. Because I know Dan took 30% of his purse away, but they kept him at 88. So if he was at 88, he couldn't put it. No one had to come in at 88 again. So he had to make weight twice, mm -hmm. which is a massive thing to do as well. Making weight's hard enough, never mind making weight for another weight. Do you struggle to make weight? Uh, no, I'm... Sure like heavy so weight? the way the weight classes work is there's a massive jump between middle and light heavyweight. So it's like uh, 185 pounds and then it's 205 pounds. So you can see the massive... No, sorry, that's wrong. I'm talking absolute. <laughs> so it's... I do it in kilograms. So it's 80 kilograms to 95, 93. So there's a huge gap there. I could fit somewhere in between that and make a proper cut. As I sit there now, I fight at 93 and I walk about at 103. So I've got 10 kilograms to lose, which isn't that much. When you consider there's people who can cut 10 kilograms in a day with water loading and reducing their calories and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. People, this, there's an absolute science to this. And Chris Bungard knows that science. My teammate, he is incredible at doing weight cuts. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, but it can mentally drain you, right? mm -hmm. it mentally mm -hmm. fucks people. Because I watched a documentary by a guy who was trying to wake up for the week and he kept sitting in the saunas and he was in the bike in the sauna and that's going to fuck you up. He's sitting with a bike in the sauna, Some pedaling away that. for two hours. Some people use that as aggression, like see you build up, like fucking me, uh -huh. How's that affect your family, that cutting, or trying to get you away? See, see because I don't have to cut and I, I usually take myself away from them, but I do get a bit snappy. Like, see shit that wouldn't bother you before, you'll mm. snap at it. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe the kids will jump about and they don't realise what uh, I'm, yeah. I'm cutting weight and I'm like, enough. <laughs> when it wouldn't bother me in the past, but when you're when you're reducing your calories, when you're hitting salt baths, when you're sauning, it becomes a little bit harder, mm -hmm. and your temper you're, you're you're shorter because you're like you feel like shit. But you seem awful calm. You seem calm, collective, and you'll see that within people who can handle themselves, like in the grip house, and you see all these people who can fight. They don't fucking. They don't say boot to anybody. No. They're placid. They don't need to walk about and pretend. You get into a pub and you'll see 10 arseholes bouncing about, singing Selic Rangers songs, trying to smash glasses and uh, fight with each other and none of them can fight. You're saying this. I get knocked out in my local my local nightclub. You're joking. I was standing having a beer and I remember taking a drink and I remember just darkness. When was this? <laughs> Gung, I hit the deck and I was like, what the fuck? When was this? Um, I, I remember, Listen, this is how funny it is. I was fighting on a show called FFC and they had... They, it's like we would we would class it as our home show. Mm -hmm. It's like our Scottish Hit Squad's local show. It's close to us. We would normally have the main events. Most of our fighters would be fighting on it, and it's usually in Motherwell. And then we go from Motherwell to Coatbridge, and that's where they would have the nightclub, VIP, all this kind of thing. Make you feel like I'm a belly big boy. <laughs> I remember drinking this beer. I remember just blackness and <laughs> um, guy just knocked me out. It's that hilarious. Somebody's claiming fame there. Would you like belly big boys? I, I was. I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I just won my fight. I'd literally just won a fight and won a belt, and uh, darkness took me. 
How does UFC treat you? How do they? How are they treating you? Because I know great. a lot of people moan about it, and they do. Listen, people moan about like they're like, oh, I can't get, I can't get sponsors because of uh, UFC and the Reebok deal. I think the Reebok deal's great. Mm-hmm. Like for me to go out, that means I need to go out. I need to pester people for money. Can I get money? Can I get money? Can I get money? And I never ever done that. I never ever wanted to be that guy. Whereas like. I need handouts, give me handouts so I can live my dream. I need a handout so I can live my dream. That's to me sounds a bit mental. Whereas UFC are like, no, no, there's some money and there's some gear. I don't wear any of the gear, but leading into fight week, I need to wear it. When my dad jumps about like, best of Reebok. Is that he sponsored? I, one, one of the funny stories, that they, the very first time I'd ever fought in the UFC, they gave me these like Reebok pumps and they had like a wee pump at the side of them. And you pump your shoes up so the foot so it would snug on your foot. And uh, they were like electric blue and electric green. You might have seen the colour these fucking things. Man, that's nobody in the right mind would do them. And I'm probably just gonna get <laughs> sacked off the USC for <laughs> And um I remember I was in California and I was doing downstairs and I had the Reeboks on because I'm got to got to wear Reebok leading into fight week. And uh, Sage North Cup something like, hey man, I see you got the cool Reeboks. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're, you're too perky. And he's like, and, he, and he's oxide. He's like, have you pumped them up? <laughs> I'm like, hi, man. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and I remember growing up, I said to Brian, I was like, Brian, that guy's fucking mental. And he's like, what do you mean? And he was like, I was like, that guy with the spike. And he's like, Sage. And I was like, ah, he's super positive. Have you pumped them up? <laughs> and I gave it to my dad. My dad's like, they're fucking hideous. Uh, like even even if my dad's getting three shoes, like they're fucking hideous. <laughs> How's Americans not been me? How is it in Vegas? Sorry, how's it in Vegas? First of all, first uh, we'll go Americans. Americans right. are brilliant. The Americans well, love the Americans love Scotland. Mm-hmm. They love Scotland, mm-hmm. and they can't say my name right, uh, right. They call it Paul Craig. And I remember watching South Park, and I thought every guy was called Craig. <laughs> his name's actually just Craig. <laughs> These motherfuckers can't say his name. So Americans, are, Americans love the whole beard you thing. They love the fact that I'm this mm. big bearded guy. And I do love the you come in with the face paint, the kilts, and because they fucking love Braveheart and all that they Outlander, do. all these so, Scottish shows. So um, they they embrace us so much. It's cool. Um, Vegas is a horrible place. I'm going to be is honest. It? Horrible fight week in Vegas, surrounded by gambling women. Mm. Drugs, alcohol. Sounds like my kind of <laughs> but that's but that's exactly it. Like see for, see for see for like a normal see for a normal holiday where the lads are going with your missus and going and, and experiencing all this kind of stuff. Brilliant. See when you're on fight week and you're like, man, this is fucking horrible. And you get people smoking like because they still jump about in casinos smoking oh, and you're like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. And and pubs exactly the same. Like I couldn't believe this. I'm like. I f- I forgot people smoked in buildings. Ah, it's not really a place you can relax. It is a place. It's like an uptown version of Blackpool. Ah, it's like it's Blackpool right. on steroids. Mm. And, um, <laughs> it's just I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it. The people were great because people say them again. It's the fight capital, mm-hmm. and they want to come up to you and they want to take pictures with you. And as I said, it was it was always that's always weird for me. Seeing mm-hmm. somebody I'm walking down Glasgow Main Street, like mm-hmm. Buchanan Street, somebody shouting "Belgian," mm-hmm. like. Even now, I'm like, that's pretty cool, man. Like, people know who I am. Mm-hmm. I, like, I remember walking down with my, my daughter, and this guy shouts, Oh, Belgium, I love you, man. <laughs> Typical Scottish guy. And my daughter had a red neck. And I'm like, what? She gets embarrassed. Like, like, just that guy shouting your name. And I was like, it's a good thing. That is a good thing, man. And you do get a lot of love and respect for Scotland because it's, to, fighting in the UFC is massive. And UFC is kind of coming borderline with boxing now, I know. which they never thought would happen. No. Do you think it's a lonely journey as well for yourself when you go through camps and so the best way to describe it is if I win, the team win. Everybody, everybody gets, mm-hmm. everybody feels happy. When I lose, I lose myself. Because mm-hmm. the, the like, although it's I'm Brian's 
fighter. Brian won't have the same feelings that I have after losing. Brian obviously feels bad for it, and everybody in the gym feels bad for it, but then the next day they wake up and they're fine. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, fucking lost, man. Bugger. Whereas when I lose, I'm like, oh, shit, man. And it, let's be honest, depression does set in. Oh, does aye. set in. Mm -hmm. Even it, like after that win, as I said, man, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, you're there yourself. Like, you're sitting there yourself, and you're like, Maybe everybody's away to work, and you're like, right, mm -hmm. I've, got a, I've got a week and a half off training. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Because all I know is training. There's nothing else I know in life apart from training at the moment. I don't go out drinking with my pals. I don't go and do any, any other sports. Very rarely I get to do this kind of thing, play charity football matches, ch charity golf days. All these kind of things are brilliant, but with regards to anything else, everybody's away to work and I'm just sitting in the house like, let's see what's on Jeremy Kyle. Make myself feel a little bit better, these motherfuckers. No, it does, but I think that's where a lot of depression and suicide kicks in because a lot of people, when they do stuff, they realise, you see a lot of actors, a lot of fucking mm -hmm. musicians, when they do it on their own stage, they feel great Aye, because it's a sense of importance, but then that goes away, that buzzes away, and they're like, well, my life's no good enough, it's inadequate, Aye. so that's where they end up taking their life. So it's, it's a massaging your ego. When you're in the public Aye. eye, massages your mm -hmm. ego, and you feel good, and you're like, oh, the warm, fuzzy feeling mm -hmm. inside. When you're there, and you're like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. What do we do? That is, it can, it can go very sharply. So how do you date to balance that out? So after the last two losses, um, one of the things I've done was get a dog to keep me company. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of dog? I got a golden noodle. It's a golden retriever and poodle. Is it? <laughs> so we didn't expect it to be this big, but he's a, he's a, he's a big, big, massive dog, right? And um, he took me out of the game yesterday. Uh, it was Monday. Monday I was down at my, my mates and I'd let him out the car and he was running oh. about and I was having a wee play with him. And like, I was like, trying to chase him and he just ran past me and caught my leg and just squeaked me right away. <laughs> um, so that keeps me company. I get to take him a walk and do that kind of stuff. So I don't need to worry about being oh. on my own. Um, when we sorted out our training because what we were doing training wise is we were training at like 6am in the morning and then everybody was going to work and I was sitting there right the way up to 6 o'clock myself oh. doing nothing so we trained changed it and made it 11 o'clock so 11 o'clock every day I'll be in training and then we usually go out and have like coffee spend too much money in Starbucks all this kind of oh. stuff and it's more it's more social now ra rather than when I first done it I was like in the world of my own you've got to kind of try and keep busy do you, see after you, you lost have you ever thought about quitting as well that last thing must have been a lot of pressure because if you lost that would have still been yep would you have got a new contract do you think so they said they were going to give me a new contract but you never know about these things so with regards to that I wasn't going to fight and, as I said to you I wasn't going to fight for any less than the UFC yeah. you set yourself goals and the last thing you want to be doing is changing the goalposts for you, making the goals easier to achieve. So I went to fight in the UFC. Now I know for a fact if I was chasing money, like the day after the UFC, the amount of offers I get in for Russia to fight, I got an offer to fight um Fedor Elementos brother. And it was like for a million pounds. Like so if I want to make money, I can make money. Sick. I can go to Japan and fight and oh. fucking fight every other month and mm. make money. I don't want to make money. Mm -hmm. I don't want to the last thing I want to do is put my mind and body in jeopardy. Like I'm thirty, I've got two kids. The last thing I want to be doing is sitting in a chair in the house like pure celebrity and myself. Like, did you go to the shops and get the beat? <laughs> I know. So thing I but want to do. what you're doing in that cage, it can fucking happen. It can happen. It's in the very, very like so are they throwing away, sorry to interrupt, are they throwing away money then, Japan and Russia's and is oh. that like all the big, see like your, your top end players here, like your Ibrahimovic, he's maybe go to America, South yep. Korea, is that what they're doing now as well? Yep. They've always been like this, they've always, Japanese have always had like these great shows. Um, the only downside for them is with regards to testing, testing's not that great. 
So whereas I'm getting USADA tested and USADA can turn up like, I have to put in where I am. So USADA can literally turn up here and say, big fella, drop the plants and you're getting mm -hmm. a sample of piss mm -hmm. and they check you. Whereas in these promotions, they don't really test. Or so, so people are fucking jacked up full of steroids. So go and look at, like for instance, there's fighters in the UFC and just type in, uh, pre and post USADA and you'll see body shapes changing and be like mm. fucking hell but what about your top heavyweights in the UFC who are clearly on steroids you look you are, is it look Brett look what's the wrestler's name uh, Brock Lesnar Brock, aye well he Brock popped Lesnar. for steroids uh -huh. he got popped for steroids aye but he let him back didn't he mm -hmm. he's so, a money maker but for them isn't he he's the cash county so uh -huh. like you can't have rules for one and rules for the other. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was the UFC that made that mistake. I think what had happened was they test you the day of the fight and then he come back positive. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know what it was positive for, but whatever it was, it didn't get a massive sanction. But cheating's cheating to me. If you're taking if you're taking all the gear or you're taking mm -hmm. a wee bit of the gear, you're still cheating. Cheating, aye, aye, Cheating's aye. cheating, it doesn't matter. Why did it what is it? They blame meat and not meat and steak oh, okay. and uh, meat uh, somebody blamed the boar. <laughs> the boar had, um, had some sort of growth in this boar. It's, it's just crazy, man. Like, just fucking know what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Like, I know everything I put in my body. Because I know, come the day, if I fail USADA test, I know it's what I've done. I know what I've put in it. Mm -hmm. And these guys have their, get flagged up in USADA and they know they're like, I know exactly what I did. I know exactly. It's scary, but if, to get, if you get serious, how much is the advantage is it, but to take steroids? Does that not slow you down or weaken you? Well, it's recovery. It's yeah. not so much about how much muscle you can put on. Mm -hmm. It's how much you can recover. If I can wait, if I can put an absolute belt to a shift tonight, mm -hmm. nail three hours, feel great, and push myself 100%, then my body's going to get better. I'm going to be able to go faster, go longer, be stronger, mm -hmm. take in more knowledge, and then the next day get up and do it all again. So it's not about how much muscle I can put uh -huh. on, it's about how well I can recover. So they're only trying to do is recover. There's days I wake up and my body's absolutely shot. I can barely walk. Like my body is saying to me, "Name me a big man. Well, we need a day off." How long do you think you've got left on the, the top of your game? I want to. I want to stop before I'm thirty-five. So I, five years. I, I don't want to be doing this as an old man. I don't want to be like. Oh, and there's Paul. He's grey beard and grey hair. Fucking bifocals on. Who was that for? Who was that film? The the two bouncers, Patrick Swayze and fucking. Oh, Roadhouse. Roadhouse, the guy with the grey beard. <laughs> Remember him? Oh, kind of can fight, man. Ah, he's brilliant. <laughs> Dalton. Roadhouse, man, that's not a classic. You know they were, they were making a remake of that with Ronda Rousey? Mm -hmm. And they say, nah, we'll leave this. That's too much of a classic to be fucking about with. Like, to make it, like, I'm, I'm no sexist, I'm going to take some shit for this, but to make it Ronda Rousey, a female bouncer, <laughs> kick fuck you, all the guys. It turns you on, everybody was sitting with stoners watching it. Watching people I, fighting. They, 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 they get shot at that one, but, um, <laughs> hey, that's, that's the dream, making mm -hmm. movies, that's what I want to do. But for five years, and you've, but you've got, now you have got that, X Factor, you've got that star factor, star mm. quality, because there's no many celebrities in Scotland, and it's a, it's a shite word to use because you're, you're very talented, but you've got that X Factor now where you, these doors open, Damn. gangster films, Scottish films, I don't know. But, 100%. You know, what I mean? you know, see, jokingly, years and years ago, they were like, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd love to be James Bond. That's my, I love James Bond, but I know I'm too big and I'm too hairy and I've not got a cracking head of hair. But I could be a James Bond villain. Like I could easily be like the guy in the background arms folded, mm -hmm. just looking badass. Mm -hmm. I'd love to do that kind of thing, get into films, get into TV, 
I love talking, but only need to worry about seeing the F word. Like, I'm like, so the guy was fucking, you know, doing that fucking, you know, the guy's like, right, just put this guy right after the telly right now. Now, I thought about doing podcasts and that as well. I did a podcast, but it takes up too much time. Like, see, coming in and doing mm-hmm. it like this, jump in, I'll speak to you. I love speaking, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes up too much time with Family Guy, who I was editing it, I was taking, I was doing all the filming, I was doing all the sound, I Aye. was doing everything because I wanted to be, I wanted to be mine. Because a lot of people fear the UFC are jumping on the podcast as well. The big it's, English guy is retired there. Uh, yeah. Big English guy. Oh shit! Uh, I'm trying to think myself. The awful man is older guy just retired there last year. Ah oh, fuck it, I forgot. Aye, somebody will be making uh, it's 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 fucking. <laughs> Um, Bastard, I, I know. Uh, one punch. Aye. Yes. Bisping. Bisping. Yes, he's doing it. There is loads of podcasts, yes. and as long as you're able to talk, as long as you're able to string a sentence together, people are interested in listening. It doesn't matter what you're talking about, and that's why, like, this is it's a massive movement in this world mm-hmm. with regards to like radio's dying let's be honest mm-hmm. people are interested in what they're listening to in music wise. Oh, yeah. people are putting on podcasts and actually listening to guys talk absolute whoppers because it's worldwide it's not just a selection of Glasgow or whatever mm-hmm. you can talk worldwide what's the plans for the future what's your end, what's your goals then what's the next steps for you next fight when is it coming stuff like that um, we asked for a few fights I would like to fight in Russia because um, remember it's all about experiences mm-hmm. and people Everyday Joe Public doesn't get to go to Russia. Mm-hmm. Everyday Joe Public doesn't get to go and experience Moscow mm-hmm. as a fighter. So that for me is like, and even Vegas, I didn't get to, I got to experience Vegas as a fighter rather than a punter. Mm-hmm. I got to go backstage, all these kind of things and do some cool stuff. Go to basketball matches as Paul Craig for the UFC. Um, so that kind of stuff I like, and it's more about experiences than... So travelling away. Aye, so I want to go, I would like to go to Russia, you know, there's places coming up, like um, Vegas is coming up, New York, I'll go to any of these shows, mm-hmm. but you put your put your name in and say, listen, I'm ready, give me a fight, and the UFC said, this is where you're fighting, this is who you're fighting. You As go. I said, the UFC like to put two guys who are very, very evenly skilled, because mm-hmm. obviously, they're entertainment, they don't want to see a guy coming in and absolutely murk somebody. Aye, and then he's just in there and he's just bang, 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 mm-hmm. bang. So they try and keep it as like competitive as possible. Because what the UFC is, the UFC love an underdog winning. Like the UFC absolutely love the fact that I won. Mm-hmm. And for that they gave me the, the bonus. Dana White sends me an email saying, listen, I've been in the UFC for so many years and I've never seen anything like this before in my life. That's I don't great. know what to say. What is the bonus for a knockout? Or? Uh, so they done away. It used to be knockout the night, submission of the night, and performance of the night. They done away with calling them that, and it was just fight of the night, performance of the night, and you can win as many of them as you want. That's brilliant, isn't it? Because I know you get fight of the night as well. You've won that a few times. I've won it twice. So two wins, two fight of the nights, which is brilliant, man. Because it, it, it lines the pockets. It means I can live a stream and not have to suck in that man's dick again. <laughs> Somebody's like that, but they like <laughs> Just get on the knees and fucking fill up the gun. Every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I thoroughly enjoyed your company, mate. No, man, it's been a pleasure. On it. And I wish you all the best for the future, Thanks mate. Thanks very much, dude, man. Cheers for having me. Thank you, brother. Me, dude. We're off. <laughs> Sucking on that next day, can we?
Sports Social Podcast Network.